Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Honda Classic. I'm Rick Gaming. That right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, big week for you, my friend. Big week, buddy. Uh, uh, this is the the home game for me. Yeah. I'll be in attendance a couple of days. Um, oh. I'm excited about it. I always love this event. We met up here a couple of years ago. That was a bunch of fun, but uh, excited to maybe see some people out there this week and, and talk Honda with you right now. That was two years ago. Feels like two decades ago. Oh my God, the world was a totally different place then, wasn't it? <laughs> it was never was the right same before. after that. It was never the same after the DFS it's, it's Open. still not the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah. That was only two years ago. It feels like forever. But uh, welcome in, welcome in. Settle in, you know, water's fine. Come on in, find your place. This is the Jog Market Power Hour. Jock Market is stock market DFS. And we are right now in the most critical time of the market for this week's Honda Classic. This is IPO, and it closes right before 9 p.m. Eastern time, so you've got about 45 more minutes to get those bids in. And if you're one of the high bidders, when that market, when that IPO closes, those shares are going to be allocated to you. And then, Joe, that's when the real fun starts, because even when this thing goes live, you're going to be able to buy, you're going to be able to sell, you're going to be able to short. And in a week like this where, man, like... Eight under par right now. Just like give me eight under par right now. I might win the golf tournament. I know. It's the uh, annually, on average, the hardest non-major on the PGA Tour. I think that's why, frankly, a lot of the top 10 players in the world that you saw last week just don't want to come here and get their teeth kicked in by old PGA National. It is a hard golf course. There are multiple stretches that um, play significantly over par. There are more water balls here than any other course on the PGA Tour annually. So it's going to be difficult. You mentioned there's going to be plenty of carnage out there. There's big numbers lurking. There's ups and downs throughout the leaderboard and something that you can look to sort of take advantage to in the jack market as it's active and fluid from start to finish. Um, this thing's ongoing. Imagine being on or near the cut line when you get to the bear trap on Friday afternoon, maybe start, uh, I don't know, shorten those guys or, you know, buying them up. If you think that they can make their way through that difficult stretch of golf, there's just a lot, there's going to be, I imagine just a lot of volatility. Yeah. There's tough stretches. So you obviously have the bear trap that everyone knows about. Holes five through seven are also extremely difficult. I believe since like 2012, equally as difficult as the bear trap. But then there's a couple of birdie holes too. Like one, two, three are nice, easy, comforting start for these guys. So um, depending where your guy's at on the course, I think you can look to kind of take advantage of that and keep an eye on his price. And you know if he's got um, an easy stretch coming up, it may be a buy. He's got a tough stretch incoming. It could be an opportunity to sell and, and take some profits there. If you're new to the jock market, what are you doing? No, no. Go ahead and just use the code POWER to deposit. That'll get you up to a $50 deposit bonus. And we're giving away jock bucks here during this show tonight. So as you can see, people are already rolling in, throwing their jock market usernames into the chat. That is the way to enter yourself. And uh, Joe, we are going to play bullish or bearish here in just one second. But I do already see... 
things in the chat like JG Funk had Jockey uh, Joaquin Neiman and Adam Scott last week. Well, let's put some numbers to that because uh, Joaquin Neiman one week ago this uh, last Wednesday night sold for five dollars and twenty two cents. The full payout for first place was twenty five dollars a share. Adam Scott was five dollars and eighty cents. His payout fifteen dollars a share. So that is combined. For JG Funk, like $28 in profit per share that he had of each of those guys? Yeah, great work, uh, JG there. Um, Cameron Young, obviously with the massive bump there in ROI. I think that he was, uh, it looks like he was the leader for the week. So 333 all the way up to an $18 payout. You're getting like basically 5X on your dollar there. Um, that's pretty good for young Cameron Young. And you know what? I was really impressed with him because... Um, it's tough to be up there in the final group, and it's not like there were schmucks he was up against. You've got Neiman. He was in, you know, Morikawa's right there, Hovland, Scott, Thomas, Scheffler. Um, these are big-time names, Ryder Cup-worthy names, uh, and he was able to sort of hold his own. So good performance by him. Yeah, absolutely. He's well, he was uh, he was awesome. Now I don't know if that'll continue this week because a couple of wayward shots, and you've got a sleeve of golf mm -hmm. balls in the water uh, at PGA national, but let's play our favorite little game. It's called bullish or bearish. It's our opportunity to choose four different golfers and set a essentially fair value on them. And then Joe and I will take a stand and say whether we are bullish or bearish on them. And Joe, I've got the four here. We're just going to start with last week's winner. Let's just start with Joaquin Neem and go in for back-to-back uh, -back weeks here, I've got his fair value at $8.58, which is essentially asking him to finish 15th or better, bullish or bearish on Joaquin. I feel kind of weird about saying bearish, but I am. The reason I feel weird about it is because I was bullish on Scotty Scheffler last week because I feel like <laughs> his narrative can be a little bit overblown, and sure. he returned me a solid profit. That said, Rick, a little bit of a different scenario in the sense that um, he's not going to another big time event. Like Scotty can really gear up for the Genesis and the big payday that it is. This is, doesn't feel quite as big. He's got to travel cross country. Not only that, he said after the round, that was a stressful weekend for him. He said those final two days felt like a month. You could kind of see it on his face and in his body language on Sunday that um, he was putting every ounce of energy within his body into holding on to that lead, and he was able to do it. I'm going to go bearish at that price point that you have him at. What is that, top 15 he would need to finish? Correct, yes. Yeah, there's too much trouble right here. Look, he, he, was, he was missing it off the tee right badly and getting away with it at Riviera because even though the fairways are narrow, there's not much water in play. He was still able to hit his second shot up around the green. You make those misses at PGA national and you're dropping and hitting three from 200 yards out. I'm going to go bearish on Joaquin this week. What about you? I think you nailed it all. Um, and all the concerns that you should have around Joaquin Neiman, but I'll tell you what, he's like 23 I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna find that energy one way or another. He gets to go to a much weaker field, riding high. Very true. I'm just gonna take the bullish side of it. You're right. You, the Scotty Scheffler example makes me think that these guys talk a big game, but by the time they get there and start teeing it up and get the juices flowing again, uh, they can figure it out one way or another. So we are split on Joaquin Neiman, which moves us to our defending champion. That's Matt Jones. $6.50 is the fair value that we're using. That's 25th or better. 
Joe. Are you bullish or bearish on Matt Jones? I'll go bearish again. Uh, he's had two good performances there. Obviously, one at the Sony, which I know is a great comp here. Then he played well in his last event where he was able to return you a solid, but a lot of missed cuts in there. I think he was really good last year, uh, particularly, well, he shot the course record on Thursday, which was a 61. So he got out to definitely a hot start. Uh, but the other thing about Matt Jones, he's really good in an accurate driver when sort of the wind plays a little bit of a factor in things. It's going to be relatively laid down this week. The scoring may be a little bit lower than we're used to seeing at the Honda, which seems like it's been the case for every PGA Tour event this year. So nothing different this week. Uh, I'm just going to kind of play fade on the popularity of the past champion coming in here, figuring that that price point's a little inflated. I do not like the price point. We're targeting about 650 tonight. You can see his average IPO less than $4. So you kind of have to bite the bullet a little bit if you want to be an investor in Matt Jones. But I think I'm willing to do it. Slightly bullish on Matt Jones. Played well last week. Obviously, this is a good spot for him. Kind of that grinders mentality. I think that... Uh, when you put it all together and you look at the rest of this field and you see the way it kind of shapes up, if I could get Matt Jones around that $6 mark, ask him to finish, you know, top 30, top 25, I don't think it's asking all that much. So I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to go with Matt Jones and I'm going to go bullish tonight. How about Hudson Swafford, 528? That would ask him to finish about 32nd or better. Swaff Daddy Joe, bullish or bearish? Swap Daddy, here's my first bullish guy. I will take it on him this week, finishing 30th or better. I like his position this week. I like his incoming form, fourth in ball striking, third in approach coming in in recent rounds. Got that win at the Amex, and it's just been – he's coming in under the radar, seemingly, with, with winning within his last three events. Um, I believe there were a couple of rounds played. I don't know if it was two or three that week that were played on Nicholas courses. So you kind of have that comparative element um, that you could transfer over to PGA national, which the champion course is also a Jack Nicholas design. So I'm going to go bullish on Hudson Swafford. I think he kind of keeps it rolling here. I must be Mr. Optimistic. I'm also going bullish on Hudson Swafford. I think you nailed it. And the only real long-term concern around Hudson Swafford is his around the green play is horrible. And when you are trying to get up and down to make par at PGA National, which you are often doing, uh, that worries me. However, his last three starts, he's been about tour average, if not a hair better around the green. So I'm going to ride with Hudson Swafford, which brings us, and I've just realized, I guess I'm going four for four on bullish because I picked these guys, but it all makes sense here. Garrett Higo <laughs> is next $3 and two cents, Joe 51st or better. That's the fair value on him tonight. I think he will surpass that, but I'm also going to go bullish on Garrett Higo. Make it a clean sweep. I'm in a field this week. I'm willing to just take like a flash of recent form. And the way he drove it in Phoenix is the way he drove it when he won in Palmetto. It's the way he drove it when he was on the European tour. I'm going to take one little flash in the pan and I'm going bullish on Garrett Higo. Strong like pull. Same here. Uh, does, he, does he have two wins on the European tour? They were like two weeks apart. Yeah, I think yeah, it was twice three, in three events. Three professional legit golf wins in the last year basically like that's prolific i don't care if you're doing it uh, on the european tour or the pga tour that's legitimate i think palmetto we may never see that event again rick 
I, I know. think it's a really good comp to this course. Um, the way it plays, flat, rolling, a lot of water, a lot of trouble, like risk-reward elements a lot in play. Um, he's pretty good Bermuda grass putter as well. When I looked up, it was a bit surprising to me. I think he's top – I have him 22nd in the field. Gains a lot of birdies. Like you mentioned, I think he gained six strokes T to green in his last event out. Um, I'm going to go bullish as well on our boy Higo. There are pro probably not many guys who have won 100% of the tournaments that have ever been played, but him winning Palmetto, Morikawa winning Workday, right? Remember yeah. that one? They did like yeah. that. Those might be the only guys who have won 100% of the tournaments that have ever been played. <laughs> <laughs> the you know, Workday would be a good comp here as well. So I, I like that also. But yeah, Palmetto, I think there are some crossovers there. He definitely got that win. Should play well this week. All right, let me give away a little bit of that cash. So here's yeah. what we've got. Uh, Russell, you're on the board. Elite Team 86, congratulations. 20 jock bucks coming in your direction. I get emails about this. It usually takes a couple of business days. Sometimes it'll be Monday morning. Uh, we just send over the information to the guys at Jock Market, and they fulfill it within a couple of days. If you don't hear from it, if you don't hear from them by like Wednesday or don't see it in your account, like, Shoot me a note, but that's generally how long it takes. Congratulations, Russell. If you want to be like Russell, all you have to do is drop your jock market username in the chat right now, and that'll get you entered into a draw. And of course, if you haven't deposited yet, the code you're looking for, power. That is up to a $50 deposit bonus. Joe, that will conclude our bullish and bearish segment, which means I'm about ready to unveil the big board. But before I do... Is there a golfer or golfers who you are certain will be at the top of this jock market this evening? So it's funny you ask that because I was relatively certain that Daniel Berger was going to come in the favorite this week when I was thinking about this event last week, and I was wrong. He's not the favorite in terms of the odds boards or the DraftKings pricing. Um, so I don't know. I think it's going to probably be Sung Jay to kind of mirror that. And I'll just have to kind of accept it. And I think that the burger injury is playing a big factor in that. The only factor in that, honestly, it's keeping him from being the favorite. I'll go Sung Jay him holds it down tonight in that number one spot. Well, so far, so good, because Sung J.M. is indeed currently the most expensive golfer in the jock market. This is the live pricing here. So Sung J.M., $7 per share. What does that mean? Well, you're essentially asking him to finish 22nd or better. Obviously, that is going to continue to rise. So let's call it $9 a share for Sung J.M. That would be asking him to finish 14th or better. And Joe, it's hard to dispute. Sung Jay being the man because he's not only got the victory here, but another top 10 last year, his form coming in certainly good enough. Sung Jay by all accounts will be our most expensive golfer by the time this thing closes. Yes, I agree with that. I, I don't love his sort of outright price, but I agree that he's the highest and here's why I think he will be and should be. Um, you could take the top 10, 12, 15 guys in this field. Any of them can win. A lot of them, their spectrum of, you know, wind on the other end of it, I think is like a miscut and an explosion and an ejection. I don't see that happening for Sungjae this week. Of course, it's probably going to come back to burn me. Um, but I feel like his his floor is the highest of anyone there. It sets up perfectly for this event. He loves Florida, previous champion. He's coming in in good form. I expect him to play really well. I don't know that he you know, holds a ton more win equity than anyone else, but I feel like he probably holds the best top 15, top 10 equity, which is really what you're looking at in terms of jock market. 
Yeah, that's right. You don't need to necessarily win to make a boatload of cash, which is good for Louis Ustase and Joe. Five bucks a share. Nobody. We've talked about this before. Nobody makes money in the jock market like Louis does because uh, you don't have to win, man. So let's pull up. Actually, I'll do it this way. I'll pull up his numbers this way. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he's just a massive winner. Yeah, look at this. At yeah, a high look. IPO, 23% ROI. How good is this? It's great. And you know what's funny about this sort of graph? It's, it's unique with Louie. Most of the times you'll see guys with a couple of jumps, but in terms of the markets where they return you a profit, it's generally more losing markets than winning. However, the winning ones will outweigh that in terms of ROI. Louis returned you a profit in 13 of 23 markets that he's been in recently. He's so steady. He did. We don't see him a whole lot. He's great in hard golf tournaments. He's great on par fours. He should be a better putter here than he's been historically. I think he sets up really well this week. He was number one in the stat model that I ran. Um, I will have a close eye on him in, in his price over the next 20 minutes or so. Yeah, fair enough. And what I'll do is I'll flip the board around. And what we can do is we can look at it from the top 10 perspective here. So the pre-rank matters. The projected rank that you're seeing on my screen or the pre-rank that you're seeing in the app uh, essentially is what is going to break your tie. So Sung J M is the number one pre-ranked golfer, meaning he breaks all ties. He'll get the full share uh, price no matter where he ends up finishing. Billy Horschel is in the sandwich of the two guys that we talked about, Joe, between Louie and Sung Jae and Billy Horschel is currently $5 per share coming in in great form with a T11 at the Farmers and a T6 at Waste Management. How do you assess Billy Ho's chances this week? He's hard to assess, for me at least. The reason being is I think that his finishes have – I don't know if I'm using the right terminology here. I've outperformed what I'm seeing from a stats perspective. Um, he's finishing really well. He's somehow scoring, which is great. But I think you can only hold on to that for so long without being really solid across the board in a lot of different stats. It seems to be sort of changing every week. I know that Pat mentioned that to me. I'm going to be bearish on Billy Ho tonight. Just I think the popularity is definitely going to be there for him. Um, you see they were obviously 7% average ROI, but in 28 markets, he's lost you in 18 of those that you can see there. So uh, he's been good lately. I think a little bit of a regression is due for Mr. Ho. Yeah, he. I, I'll take a more bullish stance because the fact is he's such a strange jock market golfer because this 7% positive return doesn't include his win at the match play obviously Good doesn't point. include his win on the european tour so i actually think he's played better than a lot of the metrics would indicate but um yeah i don't know how, i don't know how safe he is right i mean i don't know he just he always gets me nervous maybe because he's kind of like a quirky nervous type guy trying to sneak up on the golf ball he always makes me nervous which I don't, yeah, not sure he's had, I can remember from being at this event so many times he's had, you know, the, the, the crowd and you can probably speak to this when you were here, will get a little lubed yeah. up and, and raucous around the Honda and they will say some words. I know JT had the famous incident with a fan. Uh, Billy Ho's gotten into it with some fans right here. So I don't know that this is necessarily uh, his favorite place, but uh, we'll see. Should set up great for it.
All right, I'm going to give the big board a refresh, but while I do, I'm going to give away a little bit more money. This one goes out to Clyde. Congratulations, you are on the board. 20 jock bucks will be in your account uh, here in the near future. And if you would also like to be entered into a draw to win 20 bucks into the jock market, all you have to do is post your username in the chat right now. Joe, back to the big board. Sung JM up to $7.50, but they're lining up right behind. I see Keith Mitchell. I see Aaron Wise. I see Brian Harmon, of these guys who are kind of $4 or more right now, is there anybody in particular that you're going to be targeting this evening? Look at our boy Higo there, already like double the price we projected yep. for him. Um, okay, so I liked Christian Bezadenhut this week. Um, great Bermuda grass putter, really good at sand saves, Rick, which I think the importance of that here is, is a bit understated. So we know about the amount of water that are on this course. I believe it borders 15 of the 18 holes. The way to avoid the water is to play to the other side of the hole. And what always protects the other side of the hole from the water here are these massive and sometimes very difficult bunkers. So if you want to stay out of the water, you veer to one side of the green, you're going to have a lot more sand shots. Um, he's very accurate off the tee. He's not the longest guy, which I don't think is going to be too penal on him this week. That price point is already up there to the point mm -hmm. where he may clear the target that I had for him. Uh, but I do, I do like him coming into this week. I think it sets up nice. Yeah, five bucks a share at the moment, 14th in the pre-rank. He's right there with Billy Horschel and Keith Mitchell. Let me flip this around again to the top 10 because it seems like there might be a lot of question marks around Joaquin Neiman, Daniel Berger, even Shane Lowry, Brooks Kepka. These guys are all very cheap right now, one, two, or three dollars. In fact, you want to loop in Tommy Fleetwood into that conversation as well, Joe. A little bit of a slow start for some of our blue chip guys. Who do you think is most likely to break out of this group? I think we see Neiman break out. I, actually, it's probably going to be Berger, in my opinion, because I think people are kind of waiting to play him. I'm not as concerned about the back as some may be. He's so accurate off the tee. And of all these guys up here at the top, he's going to hit the most fairways. Granted, that didn't happen at the waste management, um, which is why you saw him miss the cut. I think that he can get that right. Look, the injury happened a month ago with the farmers. He still played through that event. He mentioned he would have played the following week had it been a major. Um, I'm going to take the position that uh, it's better and bet on the upside of Daniel Berger. If he's the third or fourth guy on this board, I think that he should be the first or second, if healthy enough to play. Um, I think that he gets right up there, uh, right up behind Sungjae. Mm, Joe thinks Daniel Berger might be a little undervalued tonight. We've got about 20 minutes until this IPO closes. I'll give away a little bit more cash here in just one second. So make sure your jock market username is in the chat and the code that you're looking for for deposit power up to a $50 deposit bonus. Uh, Brooks Kepka, Tommy Fleetwood, Joe. Uh, these are guys that I have questions about. Brooks, we talk about every single week. Fleetwood, I, I got to give Fleetwood credit because I'm going to pull up his numbers here in a second. They're probably not very good in the jock market, but he's been better on the European tour as of late, and he's had a little magic here at PGA National before. I've been warming on Tommy as we get closer and closer to lock. I know he has two top fives in his last two starts. Typically plays this event every other year, I believe. So, um what have you seen on the European tour? Because I haven't followed that as closely that, that is indicative that you think he might play well this week because he kind of turned it around with the ball striking like we're used to. 
Well, we don't have the stat breakdown on the European tour, so it's hard to say how he's getting it done, more just so the mm-hmm. fact that he is getting it done. So if you look at his, I believe his last four are all, oh, actually one, two, three, four, it's last five are all DP World Tour starts. And it was T8 in Saudi Arabia, T12 in Dubai. If I just stopped there, those would be two pretty good yeah. last two coming in and then you get a t48 in abu dhabi played okay at the dp world tour championship and he finished 13th at the end of last year in the dubai championship so it's just like um that was a little bit surprising when i looked and saw how well he had been playing on a worldwide stage because i think a lot of people would have have just knocked his pga tour stuff yeah putts has always putted really well here too and maybe he's one of those guys that sort of has a comfort level on these these bermuda grass these kind of tricky greens at the honda you mentioned brooks i don't really know i bet him i think that that's the way to play him this week if you're gonna take him he's weird and i tweeted this out earlier but like every other guy you put into a a hard or a bigger tournament and their price in terms of odds like triples and brooks's goes down um he's such an enigma in that way he's hard to predict He's on his third consecutive event. I I did see a little bit of an issue last week, and I was hoping to get some info from Will on him, but he didn't see him today where he seemed to have re-aggravated that knee and was limping around a little bit on the coverage last week. I hope that that's not an issue. He's not been good in the jock market. I think that his miscut probability is probably like 50-50 this week, but I I do trust him. If he can get the driver right, it's going to be a massive advantage for him coming into these greens, and we could see one of those pop finishes. There's your boomer bust. 20 losses, 9 wins, although he's pretty close to uh, zero. He's pretty close to neutral considering the fact that he's lost more than two-thirds of the time in the jock market thanks to those peaks that you're seeing there for Brooks Kepka. I agree. Very, very difficult to try to figure him out. Uh, as yeah, I That's why I'll pull that back up real quick, Rick, yeah. if you don't mind. Sure. So if he's making the cut, he's pretty much finishing like in right. the top seven, yeah. right? Because he's paying out like 16 on average. If he's making, there's a couple in there that aren't, but like Eight of the last uh, 12 times he's made the cut, he's basically finished inside the top 10, which is pretty wild. Other than that, there's a whole bunch of missed cuts. So if you can get him through Friday, he may be a good spot to, to buy some Brooks on and he'll, he'll give it a good round of the weekend. There you go. 8.41 p.m. Eastern time by my clock. So we've got about 15 minutes or so until we're really going to be up against it in terms of this IPO closing. So make sure you're getting your bids in now. Make sure that you are prepared. You've got your notifications on. You've got your golfers favorited. But Joe, I kind of just want to open this up to you. You know, we can go anywhere on the board that you'd like. The pricing's still pretty low as we have 15 minutes to go or so. Is there anyone... Um, that you're targeting that I have not teed you up on. Okay. A couple of local guys that I want sort of your opinion on who are out of form in terms of where they were two, three years ago, both $1 right now, Gary Woodland, Ricky Fowler. Do you have a stance on either one of those guys who have traditionally come to this tournament often and played well often? Yeah, my stance on both of those is pretty similar and I'm not I'm not very optimistic. Those are the two guys that I lumped together where Gary's not the ball striker he used to be and mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's been chatter of like, well, what if he gets the club down this week? He's not the guy. He's not that guy. I hope he plays well this week. I really do. He's not that guy anymore. At least that's the way the metrics bear it out and similar with Ricky, although Ricky's thing is really just the putter. Once he lost the putter, um 
he, the rest of his game, I think just got a lot of stress put on it. And, you know, the, I got another argument that was like, well, you know, Ricky's putted well historically here. Well, yeah, well, Ricky's also putted well historically at the American Express and he hemorrhaged three strokes there. And he also putted well historically at Phoenix and he lost another two there in two rounds. It's just like he's 0 for 2 so far. Yeah. And now he gets a third crack at it and he's been switching putters. I don't know if you saw this. The guy's switching putters like yeah. every round, every week. It's just not It's not a confident golfer to me. And I, I'm really worried about both of those guys. But historically, he was just a great putter in general. He's not that guy anymore, like you said. There was a point where like if you wanted someone to to confidently hold like an eight foot yeah. putt, he would be like one of like three guys everyone would want to take. He used to Ricky. run it two feet by with just like pure aggression and have like no problem with the comeback. He used to be the totally. best. Most he used to be a great stroke. driver here too. When I when I remember like that was a very underrated asset of his. It wasn't that he was really long, but he had a really good balance of distance plus accuracy, particularly around here. Um, you're right. I'm off Ricky. I have some interest in Woodland, kind of more hopeful than I can really sort of lean on as as confident, but. Uh, we'll see where both those two end up. Currently at a dollar a share in the IPO. We know that'll go up a little, but we'll see how much. Yeah, for sure. Now, there's a couple of guys that are kind of just like all lumped together. Um, I would throw Keith Mitchell, Alex Noren, Russell Knox, Aaron Wise, kind of all into the same category of like, if they played well this week, I would not be surprised. Uh, if they didn't, I wouldn't be all that surprised either. Maybe Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell's probably been better than some of those other guys. But do you have a hot take on... Mitchell, Norin, Knox, Wise, even Kirk and Harmon I can throw into the list as well. I lean Aaron Wise. I He struggles out of the bunker, which is the one part that kind of worries me, and multiple miscuts in a row now, which also worry me. Uh, but I feel like he, he has played well here before. If he can get back to some of that form that we saw in the fall, this should be theoretically a really good spot for him. And I like – you know, I, I like the guys that he's coming around with. I think Mitchell will outprice them all, but those other guys that you mentioned, Norin, Knox, um, I feel like Aaron Wise is probably the best player out of that bunch, and I'm willing to kind of bet on a little bit of upside there. Yeah, Mitchell almost certainly will be the most expensive out of those guys as a past champion here. Let me give away a little bit more money because yeah. we are coming up against it here. So let me give out 20 jock bucks if I can find the comment. It is two. Hard spun Uncle Duffy. Congratulations. You are on the board. 20 bucks come in your way. I've got more to give away. So just make sure your jock market username is in the chat. And if you'd like to deposit, the promo code that you're looking for is power. Joe, 15 minutes, probably less than that before this IPO closes. How have you seen the last couple weeks shaping up? I think we've had what one official event without football? Is that about Right. And this will be the yeah. second. Yep. Just last week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do feel like there's an influx of new users sort of coming over. I think the jock market itself has done a good job of, of mitigating the damage that that's doing to IPO pricing by adding um, some more shares into the market and more of those kind of available throughout. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, people are starting to get really savvy in terms of playing this game and they're waiting until the last minute to kind of go in on guys in terms of bidding on them. So we'll see a big bump. We know that the last five minutes is, is pretty wild and you got to have your guys favorited notifications on. You got to be sort of have them quick trigger fingers. 
Probably the biggest surprise for me right now is Shane Lowry, the sixth pre-ranked golfer, is $1.77. He's lost four straight cash markets, Joe, but this doesn't show the good stuff that he did on the European tour in the last couple of months. And he's basically a, a great ball striker. He's got the short game magic. If I were participating in this uh, cash market, I'd be buying lots of shares of Shane Lowry right now. Me too. I like him this week. We'll see where his price ends up at. He's played well here before. He's good in tough conditions. You mentioned a couple of good performances on the European tour leading in through sort of basically November through now. Um, this is the tournament he comes back for. He lives in PGA National, has a house on one of these holes. Um, so, yeah, he should be set up very, very nicely for him um, this week in sort of a home field event in terms of American soil. As I start to roll down sub $3, Matthew Wolf is here. He's 10, he's the 10th pre-ranked golfer. I'd love to get your opinion on him and maybe anybody else that you see here in this sub $3 range that you think might be a good buy for this evening. Boom or bust on Wolf. It depends on how risky that you want to get. I do feel like much like we saw Joaquin Neiman last week, um, there's just a talent level there and the price isn't going to line up and you should just bet it at some point. Um, I like him coming into this week. I, it's all going to depend on the driver, right? If he can find a groove with it and start hitting it straight, he's going to have a massive advantage. He played a lot of those events in the fall swing that were on shorter golf courses and he ate them apart because his driver was on. Then it was really off, and he gets wayward at the Amex and stuff like that, and he misses the cut. If he gets wayward here, he's going to miss the cut. Um, it all is going to kind of hinge on that secret weapon that he has. But um, at the same point, if he gets that right and kind of finds a little bit of a groove with it off the tee, he's going to have wedge into almost all of these holes where a lot of guys are going to be coming in with mid irons. He doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to gear back off the tee and start taking five irons. He's going to utilize his weapon. That's what he's always done as a pro. That's what he's always done as a college player. Um, so it's it's total boom or bust right here for me with, with Matt Wolf. What about you? Uh, yeah, you could say that again. I mean, I'm I'm probably on the more pessim pessimistic side just for this week because you mentioned it. It's one bad swing away from a double or two bad swings away from a triple and things can kind of get out of control very, very mm -hmm. quickly. So I'll save him for like your rocket mortgages, your three M's, your places where you can just bomb it without regard for, for really anything else. Um, I see Mito Pereira is $2 and 22 cents. I might give this a refresh here, Joe, but I think that that's someone whose advanced metrics have kind of been weird. They've kind of been all over the place. They've kind of been backward backwards based off of what we know about him. But I think that um, if you go out and watch Mito Pereira hit golf balls, you will be very impressed by the way that he strikes it. Yep, ball striking, approach player, very sound in both of those, very steady right now. Um, kind of fell off a little bit from where he was at in the late summer, early fall, but seems to be regaining a little bit of that play well last week. Uh, see, he's very popular, right? A lot of people like to sort of bet him. We'll see what that does to to his betting price, but certainly right now in the, in the low two bucks uh, would definitely be a buy probably all the way up to the mid four or fives for me. Yeah, here's the here's the big board, Joe. First, you know, 20 names or so. Does anything stand out to you? We did get a little bit of a run on Shane Lowry's now $5.08. Joaquin Neiman now up to $5. So we're seeing those top 10 golfers really start to make a move. But anything here that stands out one way or another for you? Yeah, Neiman, Matt Jones, 
Fleetwood all seem pretty cheap right now. We talked about Matt Jones earlier. Kirk should set up really well for this event. Um, everything looks pretty balanced right now. We didn't talk about Mackenzie Hughes, who had a second here and should set up really nicely as well for this event. Looks like Lowry got that bump. Looks like Mito got that bump recently. So we're going to see these prices start to start to settle in here over the next 10 minutes or so. Yeah, we are. So by my clock, it's 8.51 p.m. Eastern. So what's going to happen is at 8.57, we're going to enter a 90-second window in which the IPO phase can close at any time. It's randomized so that nobody can write a bot or write a script to make sure they get all their bids in a, a half a millisecond before this IPO closes. So very good for protection of the field. But Joe, what we generally do is in the final couple minutes, uh, we we let you kind of go do your thing. And I know that uh, you've been able to put together some really great portfolios recently. Is this a week that you think you'll take on more risk because we've seen kind of big numbers out there and we've seen a couple of, of, of triple digit long shots win. Like what's your plan? What's the type of golfer that you're looking for tonight? Yes. My plan, as you know, Rick is, is typically dictated by the pricing and I try to be adjustable with it. Um, that said, you mentioned it a couple good weeks in a row, returning profit in there, got a little bit more money in the account. Don't have a problem putting it back into the market, <laughs> but my plan heading in this week is to hold a little bit more back than usual, maybe in the IPO and look to sort of play this event uh, live and, and even while I'm at the event, actually. So um, that should be fun because I know how the, the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of this course can be in terms of birdie holes versus really tough holes and where the carnage spots typically take place at. Um, so I think if you can kind of closely monitor that, you can find some opportunities in play. We'll see how this thing shapes up. I may end up dumping it all in over the next five minutes. So, um, you know, it, it always changes. Yeah, be on the lookout for Joe's dollars as they're entering the market. Joe, it's about that time. I think we can let you get out of here. 8.53 okay. by my clock. Why don't you go and do your thing? We'll rendezvous with you here in just a few minutes because we're entering a very critical time. Uh, probably five to seven minutes away, if that, from this IPO closing. So you can see the bids are rolling in. Sung JM still the most expensive golfer in the jock market tonight. He was when we came on air and he is right now. He's $9.06. That is essentially asking Sung Jay to finish 13th or better. There is a bit of a gap closing on him though. Louis Ustase in catching a bit of steam here, $8.78 a share. He's the third pre-ranked golfer, meaning only Billy Horschel and only Sung JM are going to break a tie over Louis Ustase. And it is Horschel who is $7.86 and Daniel Berger at $7.14, the only golfers above $7 with him and Ustase. And then you get to the $6 range, small range. Alex Norin is here, someone I'm pretty high on this week, plays the par threes very well, kind of a grinder, can get up and down, can save par. Keith Mitchell, who drives the ball like a maniac, has won this event before. And Brooks Kepka, well, we all know Brooks Kepka. We've talked about him at length this evening already. Those are the only three golfers in that $6 range. Then you get to the fives. Okay, now we're starting to see a little bit of a bump on these guys. Lowry got the bump. 588 with Tommy Fleetwood and Denny McCarthy right behind. Mackenzie Hughes, Cam Young and Christian Bezadenote rounds out the guys above 550 with Joaquin Neiman sitting right there at five and a half dollars, our winner from last week. I'm going to give this board a refresh because things are 
Certainly going to start to get hot and heavy here in just one second. If you have not taken a minute to drop your Jock Market username in the chat, that's how you get entered into a draw to win Jock Bucks. And of course, if you're trying to deposit, the code you're looking for is POWER. It's up to a $50 deposit bonus. A little bit of movement here early. So 8.55 p.m. Eastern by my clock. I see that Daniel Berger has overtaken Billy Horschel as the third most expensive golfer. So now it's M, Ustazen, Berger. Those are the only three golfers over $8 a share with Sung JM sitting at $9.55. He might start pushing $10 a share at some point here shortly. Brooks Kepka, Keith Mitchell, and there's the Joaquin Neiman bump. That's about $1.11 since the last refresh on Joaquin Neiman per share. The win at Riviera, the T6 at the Farmers Insurance. Open two triple-digit ROIs from Joaquin Neiman. Good stuff there for the Chilean. Let's go down and flip this. Flip it to the top 10 golfers. If you want to buy in on a top 10 golfer, the cheapest one you can get access to is Matthew Wolf. He's $5.10 a share. Outside of that, Mackenzie Hughes is $5.66. There are actually guys ranked outside uh, the top 10 who are more expensive than both Hughes and Wolf and even Fleetwood. I'm talking about Alex Norton. I'm talking about Cam Young. I'm talking about Keith Mitchell. So the board is shaping up and people are putting their money where their mouth is, which is one of my favorite parts about the jock market. This is all about sentiment. Is a golfer going to beat their expectation? It's not, hey, I have to choose six golfers. It's I can have one golfer or I can have a hundred golfers. So I'm really going to put my money where my mouth is. And we're going to learn what the true sentiment of all of these golfers actually is. That to me, is the best part and finding it out on a Wednesday night. Sung JM still holding strong 955. Hasn't really moved off of that. I imagine this is going to be, we might already be there, the most expensive that Sung JM has ever been. Oh no, he was $11 at this event last year. Now we've kind of learned over the last year or so that uh, $11 is pushing it a little bit towards the top of the board. So I don't expect him to get back to that price, but 955 holding strong uh, Louis Ustazen 909. That is certainly shaping up to be a one, two punch at the top of the jock market. And I believe we're in that window right now. So by my clock, it is 857 PM Eastern time. We're in a 90 second window where this IPO phase can close really at any time. Uh, that is to ensure the safety and integrity of this contest. So make sure your bids are getting in because you don't want to be left trying to get those bids in when this IPO closes. Sungjae, 955. Louis Ustace is trying to track him down, 925. Now just about a quarter behind Sungjae. After that, it's Daniel Berger, it's Billy Horschel, it's Joaquin Neiman, it's Brooks Kepka. We are seeing movement on Kepka, the Florida guy, the Jupe Life guy, now $7.50 a share. He's the sixth most expensive golfer in the market right now with Shane Lowry one quarter behind and Keith Mitchell a quarter behind him. Looking down at some of the guys that we've talked about already today, uh, Aaron Wise, $5.50. He is more expensive than Taylor Moore, Chris Kirk, Brandon Todd, Ian Poulter. We've talked about Hudson Swafford. He's 501. We've talked about Garrick Higo, who's already surpassed our pre our fair value for him, which was $3.02. He's now up to $4.55. So keep an eye on that. I'm going to try to steal a refresh here because it's 8.58 by my clock. This thing can close at any moment. Joe's trying to steal bids from you. You're trying to steal bids yep. from him. It's wild out there. 
Okay, we are seeing movement on Sungjae. So he was 9.55 the last time I refreshed. Now he's 9.68. With Louis still, I'll tell you what, Louis catching enough steam. He might try to, he might catch Sungjae here. 9.49. So that's only what, 19 cents behind. He's closing the gap. Daniel Berger and Billy Horschel are carving out a solid third and fourth together. They're currently the only two golfers over eight dollars. Uh, Brooks Kepka, Joaquin Neiman, right behind in the seven dollar range. A little bit of a bump for Matthew Wolf now up to six fifty five. Mito Pereira sees a small jump up to six fifteen. Johnny Vegas out of nowhere now six dollars to share along with our defending champion Matt Jones. It's eight fifty nine by my clock, Joe. I think we're still hot. We're still hot. All right, we're gonna keep going here. We got to be just seconds away from this thing closing. So I'm going to try to steal one more refresh so I can have the most. Oh, I think it just closed. Yep. You're right. Okay. Yep. Because my uh, big board did not refresh, which is generally a sign that the IPO has closed. And with that, let us know in the chat who you ended up getting, what your portfolio looks like. And Joe is going to tell us his portfolio in just one second. But how was that last minute or so for you, Joe? A lot of action. I think I lost... I think I lost a couple of boys up at the top, but I kind of went uh, bottom feeding this week and, and think that I got some guys down low that uh, will hope to be bargain hunting. All right, let me give away a little bit of money, then we'll get your portfolio, then we'll look at the big board, and I'll give away some more money. So how about Joe? Joe, you're on the board. Congratulations. JJM5390. Congrats. 20 jock bucks coming your way. I've got one more to give away this evening, so make sure your jock market username is in the chat. But it's about that time, Joe. Why don't you let us know who ended up making your portfolio this time around? Daniel Berger, my lone guy at the yeah, top. That was the guy um, you wanted. You wanted him. him all along, didn't you? Wanted him all along. 875 was the price that I got in at him at. Basically, needs a top 15. Um, or yeah, needs a top 15 to return your profit there. Now, moving down, I my next guy's at 536 was Lee Westwood. Felt like mm. it was just a little bit slept on this week. Got some shares of Lee. Uh has played well here traditionally. Then uh moving down the board, Lucas Herbert. This is where I went bottom feeding. Harry Higgs, Doug Gim. Neesmith, Schwartzel, Kadira. I know I'm rattling them off quick for you, but uh, basically you. a lot of guys right in that two, three dollar range that I'm just hoping to maybe get um, four of the six of them potentially through the cut line and have one potentially finish in the top 20. And I think that will work out nicely for me. A lot of guys who are accurate off the tee, um, a lot of guys who, who I'm hoping will kind of avoid some of the water and, and plot their way through PGA National and see how they can. See how they can perform this week. I'm going to bet on it. Berger, Westwood, Herbert, Higgs, Gim, Neesmith, Kadira for Joe's portfolio. Let us know who you got. I already saw it in the chat. Let's see here. Tom T got Lowry, Sig, and CT Pan. I don't mind that one single bit. Um, this is what happens. Uh, oh, did they delete their? Oh, no, here we go. JG Funk. Wow, wasn't really looking and ended up with 11 golfers. Yeah, that, <laughs> that can happen. Yep. Oh, that yeah. can happen to you. Very good there. Uh, and then Brian got CT Pan, Mito Pereira, Mackenzie Hughes. Ooh, that's an interesting little combination of guys. Yeah. How about this one, Joe? Matthew got Usti, Neiman, Norin, Bezadenhoek, Kirk, Rye, Hubbard, Hickok. He got me on the Bezadenhoek shares that I lost out on at the very end. Um Usti, Neiman, probably good calls. I like Usti this week. Neiman was probably a little bit cheap coming off the win. 
Uh, maybe people expecting some regression, but you mentioned Norn plays them par threes. Great. Should set up nicely. And he's got a couple of darts down there at the end. I like that one. All right, let's pull up the big board here and take a look at how this all shook out. Let me get uh, your shares off of there. There we go. Sung JM, as expected, wire to wire, most expensive golfer in the jock market. 975, Joe, obviously tempered down from the $11 he was last year, but we've kind of learned how this market has evolved. That's essentially asking him to finish 13th or better. I'll tell you what, without going back and looking, 975 for the most expensive golfer is probably on the cheaper end of things. Am I right there? I think so. 100%. No one, no one cleared 10 bucks this week. So, uh, essentially anything basically inside the top 12 or so is going to pay that off. I like that for Sungjae. Louie right behind. These two were just uh, a no-doubter one-two. So 975 for Sungjae, 952 for Louie. Berger, 875, the third most expensive golfer. But I think the argument that you were making all night, Joe, and I don't think it's wrong. Actually, uh, outside of like one weird start, uh, Berger probably could have been the most expensive or the second most expensive golfer in this on this slate. Yep. I think it's just the injury thing, right? And then coming off one bad start. So people were a little bit concerned, but uh, been so consistent coming back to a spot here where I believe he's lost in a playoff and has another third place finish. So um, should be right in his backyard wheelhouse. Billy, right where we expected a little bit of, um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, a little bit of a run on Brooks Kepka. You know, we've seen really tempered yeah. numbers on Brooks. I mean, just look at the last handful of, of weeks, 602, $6, 629, 490 at the Tournament of Champions. And he's kind of lost shit in most of those anyway. Uh, 786, are people buying back into Brooks here? Yeah, probably home game narrative a little bit for Brooks as well. He's played good here before. He's also missed a couple cuts, but he also has a couple of good finishes um, he likes this event. I'm happy that he supports this event. I wish some more of the guys did who live right here and kind of support their their local economy or you know tournament, basically whatever you want to call it. But uh, happy that he always seems to do so. Um, so he has must have some sort of enjoyment in it. I think he's going to play well this week. I hope that he does. Um, but that price just got a little bit too high for me. Kyle Porter has uh, recommended or at least pitched to me uh, having a bye week or two. So like you'd have a bye week and then you'd go to Honda. So the guys that don't want to play, you know, five weeks straight, right? Because this is stuck in between. It's stuck in between a lot of really big events and you can't get guys. These guys, the top guys aren't going to play five or six straight weeks, but if you give them a bye week, they might show up in their backyard and play. Yeah, the tour, I think, really wants to support the Honda in general. It's one of their oldest running sponsors and event. I think it's a great course. Um, it's great fan experience. They pack people in here. It's a good crowd. So I think that they they made an adjustment to the schedule, hoping to bring and lure some of these bigger names to it. You know, it's a, it's a shame, really. Like, I'd love to see Justin Thomas here. He's right around the corner. He's a previous champion. I'd love to see Rory McIlroy. He's right around the corner. He's an ex-champion. Um, get some of these big names back in the field at this thing. Um, but I, I don't know that they love how difficult it is. I don't know that that's the deterrent, but could be. Yeah, it could be one of the factors that they're thinking about. Uh, a couple of notables for me, Alex Noren at 679. I might have just convinced myself that Noren, yeah, is just a really good play this week. Um, you know, Denny's at 588, Matt Jones at $6. Anything stand out to you here as I kind of scroll through some of the uh, final pricing? The name stands out, although I'm not questioning where it was, is Patrick Reed. 
Um, oh, boy, how the mighty right have fallen. It's just everything is so bad that he's doing right now. But I mean, literally, Rick, six months ago, if I told you there was a field and you're going to see Johnny Vegas and Denny McCarthy and then Patrick Reed, you would have thought I was crazy. But yeah. um yeah, it should be like if he's playing well, it should be a great spot for him. He can take advantage of some around the green game. Doesn't have to be really long off the tee, but things are going in the wrong direction for Mr. Patrick right now. And I'm not sure that I see any positive signs that it's going to turn around soon for him. I tend to agree with you. Let me give away a little bit more money before we get out of here. Art Vandelay, you're on the board. Congratulations. You probably don't need the 20 bucks because of your good importer exporter but congratulations you have got 20 coming your way uh joe you mentioned it a little bit earlier and i think it is a very astute observation in terms of the live aspect of this uh we've only just begun yeah the ipo's over but now there's buying they're selling they're shorting and you're going to get an event that in theory is going to create very quick swings. So if there was ever an event to kind of really be in the live market watching it, this feels like the one. Yes. Um, Matt mentioned it as well. I, I see in the chat over there in terms of taking, you know, trying to look at early versus late tea times because um, that wind kicks up a little bit here and it turns into a different animal. The other thing I would say, Matt, is you're going to have guys that one day they're going to start on one and one day they're going to start on number 10. You want them starting on one. Um, as Nicholas has sort of described it and coined it, it's a gentle handshake warm-up. It's a really short, couple really short par fours and a very scorable, not much trouble par five. That's where you want to get your scoring done. Number 10, on the other hand, is a brute. It's mm -hmm. a par five when you or I go play it. They turn it into a long par four for these guys over 500 yards number 11 is tough then you have a couple holes where there's a break then you're into the bear trap right that's not exactly how you want to start your day necessarily on two holes then go right into the bear trap um, so pay attention to that as well i think you could see some advantages there's much more scoring opportunities as a whole on the front nine Okay, that's interesting stuff. And Joe, you've been all over this all week long. So any final thoughts, any other nuggets as we are at Wednesday night and with on the East Coast, baby, like that's an early start for golf. It's going to be here before you know it. Any parting shots about PGA National or the Honda Classic? I'm excited for it. I hope that it plays difficult. Expect double bogeys. It's going to happen. Expect to wake up uh, tomorrow morning and have a guy sitting at three or four over par. But yep. you can totally play your way back into this thing. Sungjae, I believe, was the year that we were down here was two over, I think, after the first day. And some people got some really nice numbers on Sungjae heading into the, to the next three days. So level par is generally a good score and will keep you alive in this thing. You need two or three rounds in the high to mid 60s and then just not to have a blow up day. You can't shoot a 75 or 76, um, but there is volatility everywhere out here. It makes it a fun event. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, enjoy it, bud. You always do great stuff and looking forward to seeing you out there on the golf course. Final parting shots here. Power, that's the code you want. Deposit with it. It's up to a $50 deposit bonus. You guys are awesome. We will be back same time, same place next week. But for now, follow Joe on Twitter at TorPix. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Jock Market Power Hour for the Honda Classic. Good luck.